This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It is another edition of Philly Sam. Your host, James Seltzer. It is Tuesday, April the 26th. And the Phillies won a game last night. How about it? Yay! No, a nice win last night. Now, to be fair, you could make a very, very strong argument that the Rockies lost the game as much as the Phillies won it. But hey, when you're scuffling a little bit, you'll take anything you can get. And there were some some good signs last night as well to point to. But man, the Rockies looked like the Phillies in the field last night, didn't they? Just every turn. Trying to do everything they could to help this Phillies team out. Ultimately, the Phillies do take advantage and deserve credit for that. Some good signs from last night. We'll dive into the whole game. Gibby, yet again, Harper goes yard. They get it going a little bit. Look, you wanted to see after the whole Angel Hernandez thing and Schwerber losing his mind, he did not get suspended for it, by the way, which I think was... A smart call by Major League Baseball in a situation where you know your umpire was horrendous and Schwarber didn't bump him or anything like that. I think it was smart for them not to go the suspension route as it would have been that much more absurdity. I, you know, we all know that I guess Angel Hernandez has a job for life, but if you're not going to fire the guy, you can't suspend the guy for freaking out when, you know, it's the end of a just abhorrent game from your umpire. I mean, you know, we talked about it yesterday, but just another day to reflect. Just a, I am, I am not a robot umps guy. We've talked about this. I've, I've always enjoyed the human element. I enjoy the, you know, different strike zones. You know, if they're fair, if they're consistent, I enjoy the umpire calling a third strike. The, you know, rabble, you know, the whole thing. I love it all. I love it all. It's baseball. But man, I, I don't know how you watch a game like that with Angel Hernandez buying the plate and don't say, you know what? Maybe we give the robot arms thing a try. <laughs> you know, maybe. Again, and I'm not fully there, but I am definitely, I am someone who a few years ago would have railed against robot arms, would have stood on the table and said, no, this is not baseball. And now I'm like, yeah, you know, we'll see. I'll give it a try. <laughs> I would still vote no if I had a vote. But, you know, creeping towards it. Creeping towards it. Because it's infuriating and it's enough. I mean, I just got And the fact that guy's a job. I mean, 
Can you imagine being that bad at your job and just consistently having a job for 30 years or whatever it is? I mean, that bad, that horrendously awful at your job, and yet it's just keep on going out there and keep on doing the same friggin' thing. Seems to make sense, right? Yeah. All right. Well, enough with Angel Hernandez. I'm, you know. Um, all right. We'll get to last night in a sec. Prior to the game, though, there was a um, roster move to to uh, of note, so to speak. Want to talk about? And then we'll get into the game from last night and look ahead and all that good stuff. But um, someone's back and someone's gone. Uh, Roman Quinn back on the Phillies. They had signed Jim Meyerly contract uh, recently. You know, made his way through the minors, back in the majors. Not a, a huge surprise from the perspective, as we know. Center field has been rough so far this season. You know, he's someone who can run, can do all that stuff. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't think Roman Quinn's really a Major League Baseball player. Uh, you know, we've talked about Roman a ton of times. I think he has a lot of tools that you like. You know, the fact that he's a switch hitter is nice. The fact that he is the fastest man in the sport, potentially, or one of, is nice. And he's a you know fine defender, not a good defender. You know you would think he's great with his speed, but he's not. And the instincts aren't great, but he's fine. Um, you know he brings you you know tools that you like, but obviously, I mean, staying on the field is is the number one thing, and that has been a consistent, consistent, consistent failure. Um, but on top of that, you know, just not a great player. But I, you know, he's a fine bench guy. I think the bigger issue. With this, I have no problem with them bringing Roman Quinn back. He's the last guy on the bench, like, whatever. Um, uh, he's just Simon Muziotti, same deal, right? Um, but the 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 bigger issue is that they send Bryson Stott down. Now, um, I think you can look at this move a few ways. I, I do get the argument that, that Stott's been struggling since you know the first couple games of the season. I think he may be like over his last 16 or something like that. So get him AAA at bats. I get it. You know, I think that's a generally decent idea in these types of situations if a guy's really struggling and whatever. I just, my problem is that, like, why even bring Bryson set up to begin with? Why'd you even bring him up to begin with if you were never really going to give him a shot to play? I mean, he hasn't been in the lineup in like a week. I wasn't sure he was still in the Major League roster anyway. I know he's struggling, but... And again, look, this always comes back to Girardi, right? And I think this is also organizationally, too, and all that. But, I mean, the fact that Didi Gregorius ever plays over Bryson Stott is an embarrassment. The fact that Didi Gregorius is still on this roster is just silly at this point. And what is Didi doing for you? Yohan Camargo, a third baseman, is playing shortstop for you now. And I know it's because Didi's hurt, but Didi stinks. He's a bad defensive player, and he's got zero pop left. He stinks. And we see this a lot, you know, the, we talk about this with the Eagles a lot, the idea of, oh, well, they're paying the guy, they're going to play him. And that seems like what the Phillies are doing. It's like, oh, well, we're paying him. Who cares? It's a sunk cost. The money's gone. It don't matter. Play the best guys. And now, look, there's an argument to say that Bryson Side isn't that good right now in the majors, and that's a fair argument because he struggled. But the bigger thing is, like, you bring him up to start the season, your top prospect, you know, McCable, whatever you want to say, one of your top prospects, arguably your top prospect. You bring him up to start the season. You say, all right, Bryson Stott, let's go. You're a major league player right now. You are our top prospect in the organization. You are our best young bat in the organization, positionally speaking, and all that. Let's go. You're a major leaguer, bro. And then you struggle a little bit, and it's like, all right, sit on the bench. 
for a week. You're not going to play at all. Zero. zippity doo You will not be a part of this team. You're just hanging out. Like, what, what, what do we expect to happen here? What do we expect? And look, you got to win games, right? I get it. This team is not built to develop players right now. And, and organizationally, we, you know, we can, can and have had those conversations. And we'll continue to the importance of development in this organization, of taking these young prospects and turning them into great Major League Baseball players is paramount for this organization. It's the number one thing that they need to get better at. We know that. Like, that is baseline stuff right there. But what I don't understand is is how you can bring this kid up and then just toss him on the bench and not give him a chance to try and work out of this thing. Like, what was, what was the point? I wish he had just started the season in the minors. And look, Alec Bohm should play every day with it. He's proved it offensively that he is he has you know figured it out and or at least we think you know has struggled a bit lately but has made the routine plays lately at third but you know should get a chance to play I get it and Yohan Camargo has been so good it's it's you know you find a way to get that guy's bat in the lamp I get it I get it but man I just it just feels so familiar the handling of Bryson Stott. you know the way they they consistently seem to mishandle these prospects when they. Get to the majors and, and beyond. It's never smooth, right? It's never the Phillies just brought up a kid and he's awesome and we roll, right? I mean, that. why? And look, a lot of players, most players struggle when they come to the majors, but they're usually given a chance to figure it out. Usually given a chance to work their way into it because, yeah, it is a lot harder. It's a lot harder to hit the majors than the minors. Oh, breaking news. Give the kid a chance. Don't bring him up or give him a chance. And, uh, you know, this has been a consistent theme with Girardi in his time here. It just he is not a play-the-young-guys guy. He's not. He hasn't been. He's done a bad job of bringing those guys along. I mean, we saw it with Alec Bohm last year. When he, when he would play, there was just no leadership, no, you know, no one shepherding this kid along as he's going through this tough time, these struggles. You know, I almost... Almost feel better that Sutt will be with the minor league manager at least because it feels like someone who maybe will pay attention to him. <laughs> it's true. And again, like, you know, it's just been disappointing from that perspective. And and look, I get it. Again, I, I'm fine with Bryson Sutt going to the minors and getting everyday at bats and, you know, getting back to where he needs to be. But the whole handling of this thing was bad. Uh, there's no other way to put it. This was bad. You bring him up, start the season, you commit to this kid, and then. He struggles a bit and you don't play him for a week and then you send him down. That's not the way you're supposed to do it. It's not. It's just not the way you're supposed to do it. So bad job on the Phillies there, really. And, uh, you know, we'll see how this plays out, but it's certainly a um, a disappointing first foray into the Bryson Stott era. I do think the manager of the team holds some blame in that too. All right, let's look back to last night and then look ahead, um, you know, from from the bummer Bryson Stott to a, a really nice win last night. Now, the Rockies making three errors, and really four, if we're going to be honest, helped. One of the ball, uh, I mean, the first runs the Phillies scored was on a quote-unquote error that was not an error. But the Phillies get the job done. Look, you, you can only do what you can do, right? They go down early. Uh, first pitch of the game, Kyle Gibson to Connor Joe. Joe just crushes one to left field. It's one nothing, and it's not a Awesome feeling to start, and then they had another on a Gritchick homer in the second. Not feeling great, and then 
you know, and, and really not feeling great. Sitting there saying, after the Schwarber thing, this team came out lifeless yet again. You know, I was I was ready to fire Joe Girardi in the second inning. Still ready. But they came out seemingly so lifeless. And then all of a sudden, you know, I honestly think the the break that the Rockies gave them kind of infused some life into this team is um, two on uh, JT Romito RBI double scores one, two on, and then Kyle Schwarber hits a fly ball to deep right field. And Charlie Blackman looks like he's going to catch it. Center fielders, like, I don't know, 10 feet from Blackman. They're both right there. It looks like Blackman has it. And then all of a sudden, the ball's sitting in between them. It's just what? <laughs> One of those. The ball just drops right in between them. Unbelievable stuff. It was great. Philly scored two runs, go up three to two. We will take it. It is a RBI double, as loosely uh, as you could be a double. It's a double. And then from there, it was never a question. The Phillies poured it on. It was 3-2 until the fifth. Then Bryce Harper, a opposite field shot, really left center, but really crushes one. Great to see. We'll get to Harper in a bit. Harper adds a sack fly in the seventh, and they pour it on. They score on a wild pitch in the seventh. Another error gets another runner on, and then a uh, uh, the Phillies score on another error. A uh, grounded a third. Boehm hits one to third. that just goes right past the fielder. Like just He just missed it. Just missed it. And uh, and it's eight to two, and the Phillies finish it out. And again, um, thank you, Colorado Rockies. Honestly, you know, I think the predominant joke on social media during the game last night was, you know, the Rockies out Phillies, the Phillies, or the Rockies are uh, doing their best Phillies impression or whatever. But that's what it felt like. It was just a comedy of errors for the Colorado Rockies last night. Just you know, literally comedy of errors. And it really helped the Phils in big spots. You know, it was it was error after error, mistake after mistake, wild pitch, all this stuff. And you know, this, I guess what the Phillies needed to get going, right? I mean, you know, we have obviously not been able to get going without stuff like that. So thank goodness, pitching was good. A lot of credit to the staff last night. Kyle Gibson, after the you know inning, gives up a run in each of the first two innings, and then really settled in. Gibson goes five and two thirds, gives up three hits, two walks. Two runs, four strikeouts, really just those two home runs, and that's it. Really nice outing from Kyle Gibson, man. Kyle Gibson, you know, we've talked a lot about the the disappointment so far this season. Kyle Gibson in his 3-4-7 ERA so far has been everything you could want from the guy. You know, four starts, three of them have been good. One of them was, you know, not good, but not a total disaster. One of them was elite. Gibby's been great. From your fifth starter, you honestly cannot ask for more. Really. I mean, just a really great job by Kyle Gibson. He's kept him in games. You know, he really, he's really done a nice job. I'm really uh, impressed with Gibby. And, and the thing that I like about it, first of all, I like it because I like Gibby. I mean, dude's just likable, right? I mean, you watch him play. He's fiery. He gets excited when they make plays, all that stuff. Big fan of that. I mean, you know, it's great stuff. Um, but also it does look better this year, doesn't it? You know, and again, we didn't get a lot of Gibby last year, but what we did get, you know, his stuff looks sharper. It looks like there's more swing and miss stuff there. It looks a little nastier than it did last year. So, um, look, he's 34. I'm not expecting Kyle Gibson to like turn a corner and become an ace or anything like that. But I do think that, you know, what we're seeing so far seems sustainable, and if you get that kind of effort from Gibby all season, you know, and obviously, you know, three, four, seven might be a little optimistic. But if he's under four this year, I mean, that's 
it's a really nice season from your fist starter. And so far, I think you feel really great, really great about what we've gotten from Gibby. So that's big stuff. The bullpen was great, too. Got it done. Sir Anthony comes in a tough spot, gets out of it. Familia, really nice inning. He's looked good lately. Um, other than, you know, the the Colorado Star outing. Uh, Norwood, Bailey Falter, boom. It's done. Really shut it down. Nice night for Reese. Reese goes three for five, scores a couple runs. Harper, the home run and the sack fly, a nice night for him. JT goes two for four. They get it going a bit. Only nine hits, so not a offensive you know, display per se, but uh, but a nice win, you know, and a win you needed sitting there at seven and ten. Now the Mets just keep winning baseball games. The Mets are thirteen and five on the season, so the Phillies five and a half back in the early going. You don't like that, but you know what? You got the Mets coming up uh, this weekend, so you can go right at them and uh, and get it right back. That's going to be a big series for this Phillies team. But look, um. I see the Phillies win a game. Nick Cassiano's one for three. The dude just hits. I mean, just regs. 317, 385, 40 on the season slash line. I mean, just love him. Uh, he was my top choice for the Phillies this offseason, the player I wanted here the most. And this is why. You know, the dude just goes out and hits every night. He just hits. The dude just hits. He is so much fun to have on this team. And and once they start winning some more, it'll be that much more fun, I'm sure. But um, you know, nice one last night. Again, thank the Rockies for helping to give it to you. Yeah, that is unavoidable. The Phillies do not win that baseball game without the help of the Colorado Rockies. Flat out. The Rockies really did their best to make sure a scuffling Phillies team got a win they needed. So thank you for that, Colorado. He's good looking out. Um, but um, a win's a win, right? And look, they have a chance to... Uh, Go out, I was going to say win a series, but it is a four-game series, not yet. But go out and uh, at least guarantee they can't lose a series today. You know? We'll get to tonight's game in a bit, but um, really got to see this team start to put some some things together, right? You know, a couple wins in a row here and there. You know, start to win some series. Enough of this malaise. Enough of this rough start to the season. And again, look, you know where I put a lot of the blame. I go back to Girardi, and I still do. I think this guy is infusing zero life into this team. Zero. We saw it the other night with the Schwarber ejection. He came out. He looked like he was napping in the dugout. He's like, wait, what's going on? Kyle, why are you so mad, man? What's going on? Oh, oh, oh. Has, has Angel been bad tonight? Oh, I'm so- I slept through the, the first eight. I'm sorry, man. I missed it. Uh, I'll, I'll let me hop in here. I'll take care of it. And that's what it felt like. That's what it felt like watching it happen. Like Girardi literally was woken up from a nap and told, hey, go get your guy. That's what it felt like. I swear that's what I felt like when I was watching it. Um, just... So unimpressed. Um, and last night, look, that felt like we were in for it again, right? They come out slow. They start slow. They look just uninterested in being there. And then all of a sudden, the Rockies kind of get them interested and give them some breaks and, you know, let them win the game. Thank goodness, because, boy, did we need it. But it was, um, it was, it was nerve-wracking at first, and I do think that you know, again, seven, 17 games in the season. I don't love that the Mets are 13-5 and five to start. That's less than ideal. But far from concerned at this point in the season, as we've talked about so many times with this team. Not not there yet. We're going to reconvene that discussion in late May, early June. But um, but I definitely think that the Joe Girardi thing is real. And this team does need to play better on a consistent basis for them not to consider making a change. 
and we've talked about it, but we have seen so many examples in baseball history of in-season changes meaning positive things for the team the rest of the season. Jack McKeon, the, the quintessential classic example, won the World Series. Um, interim managers can make a difference in baseball, and if this team doesn't show that they're in on Girardi, you know, at a certain point, if they don't show some fire, show some passion, I mean, again, even last night, a nice win, but, um, and, and you know, they won the game for sure, but like we've talked about, you could also say, like, if it weren't for all those errors, do they win the game? Like, thanks, Colorado. And it's a win. It's a win, it's a win, it's a win, it's a win. They took advantage of the errors. Like, great. That's all good things. But at a certain point, you got to play good baseball. At a certain point, you got to go out and win on your own. At a certain point, you got to look good. So, Girardi thing's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. As um, I, I do think they need to play better. I do for Girardi eventually to not lose his job. But um, and look, I hope they do. I I don't, you know, I don't like Girardi, but I want him to win games first and foremost, and we'll deal with the other stuff later. So, um, look, they got the win last night. They needed it. Let's see if they can win two in a row tonight. Two in a row has been a um fickle thing this season so far. So. Let's see if they could do it tonight against the Rockets. We'll get to that in a minute. Quickly, uh, just forgot to mention yesterday, but still obviously concerned about Bryce Harper's elbow. The fact that we're getting up to a week almost since he's been able to play the field uh, is, you know, disconcerting. You know, it's been, what, since last uh, Thursday, I guess, or last Wednesday since he played the field. So getting pretty close to that. I mean, that's it's concerning. And now, look, you see him mash a home run last night. Makes you feel a little bit better about it. The fact that he had the DH. Is he a better right fielder than Nick Cassianos? Yes. Is he a light years better? No. He's better, though. He's definitely better. But, you know, you'd rather see Harper in right field than Cassianos. But as long as Harper can hit, that's you know where his true value comes from. But it's concerning. You know, it is concerning, the fact that he's still not able to play the outfield. Apparently uh, testing it out. We'll see what happens. But um, it's a concern. I am concerned about Bryce Harper's elbow. I really want to see him be able to get back into the field and, you know, for us to start to feel good about that elbow in that situation because, again, it is, a, it is a concern. I mean, Bryce Harper's DH, what, five straight games? No, I'm sorry, seven straight games. Yeah. So it has been longer than a week. Um, I keep thinking that Colorado series last weekend was, was, was a weekend, but it was during the week. So the whole Colorado series... The whole Brewers series, and uh, so it's been over a week. Jeez Louise, Celts pulled together. It's been a, over a week that he's been de-aging. You know, that's it's concerning. That is flat-out concerning. I don't know how anyone could look at this and not be concerned by it. Because it is concerning. So we'll see. I'm hoping that he can, you know, throw and it's not bothering him and all that stuff and you hope it's just a strain and something where rest from throwing will help it. But, you know, you you know we've had the, the fears. You know, we've got two guys on this team who had Tommy John, uh, play, position players, and Hoskins and Didi. So, you know how real it is. So, it's definitely a concern. So, we'll keep our eye on the Harper thing. But And, and the homer last night definitely is a little my concern in the sense that, you know, they say it doesn't hurt while he's hitting, but you never know, right? It, it probably bothers him a little bit, I would think, or something. But, you know, the homer last night was a pretty definitive bomb. Nice to see. So... Um, we'll see. We're going to keep our eye on it. And um, definitely concerning. All right, moving ahead. Let's win another, man. Can they win two in a row here, please? Eflin against Herman Marquez. That's a tough pitching match tonight. Marquez is a very, very good pitcher. Um, and Eflin, you know, has 
struggled for the most part this season. Obviously, he's not been able to go super deep in the games. Was able to kind of gut that last one out, five and two thirds, but did give up four runs. Has yet to go out and really have a dominant showing. So it'd be nice to see if Evan kind of slide into that tonight and kind of get back on track with. You know, how he looked in spring training, how we know Eflin can look and, and get on a roll again. If starting staff can get on a roll, the team can start hitting a little bit and be having different conversations. But um, big one for Eflin tonight. Um, three more in this series. It is a four-game series. So tomorrow night, uh, Suarez on the hill. And then Thursday at 105-er with Zach Wheeler on the hill. And then this weekend, just a, just a truly massive early season series as we end out April. It's pretty crazy it's about to be May. You know, it's... The season started a little late this year, so it throws you off a bit. But then um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday in New York against the Mets, including back-to-back Sunday Night Baseball. Phillies are on Sunday Night Baseball again this week. Um, so and it actually really is. They're, they're going to play. So they have the three against Colorado and then nine of the next, excuse me, seven of the next nine against the Mets. So it goes three in New York. Then they come home for two against Texas after an off day Monday and then home for four against New York next weekend. So this weekend against the Mets. And next weekend against the Mets. It's pretty massive. Big big seven games coming up. Again, the Phillies are five and a half back in the Mets right now. So, um, big, big stretch coming up. This is, you know, let's see the Phillies win some games. If they can get on a roll against Colorado heading into that Mets series, it would really make a difference. Either way, no matter what happens tonight, we'll be back to talk about it all tomorrow. So, until then, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com.